This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hear more from Free FM. For a small monthly fee, you can become a patron and support independent community media. Go to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out how. Welcome to The Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We have got a show booked of our normal guest interviews, so we're going to continue with Larry Cohen. We've got Judge Julie on the show today, and then we have the gatekeeper of National Congress, Richard Solomon. Everybody will want to hear that, Mariana. I know. So you won't be hearing much from Barry and myself this week, but I'm sure you'll enjoy the content. <laughs> I'm just wondering whether we could make the show an hour long, Mariana. Oh my goodness, <laughs> could you? I think we just about could these days, but however... We'll see how we go today. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring Bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. So let's start with our famous Judge Julie. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Got a good question for you this week, Julie. Came from Larry Cohen, actually. He was talking about it. It's in a teams match where you have the home team and the away team. So obviously the home team sits and the away team gets to send whoever they want to play against the other two pairs. But what about actually where they sit? In Larry's case, Marty Bergen wanted to sit before a certain person. So when he sat down, they swapped between north and south. And then Larry and Marty swapped between east and west. And then north and south swapped again. And east and west swapped again. This could have gone on all day. Who gets to decide whether east is east and west is west? And there the train shall meet. First of all, depending on which place you live in, home and away, there's not always home that chooses or away that chooses it. Apparently there's a bit of variation, which we even have in this country, about who actually wins the toss and who chooses. However, the side that gets to choose chooses after the other side is seated at the table. So it's really simple. You sit north-south and your partners are sent over to the other table east-west and then the opposing team will sit down and they will choose where they sit. You cannot play Ring-a-Ring-a-Rosie around the table. So bums are glued to seats once you've sat down? Yep. We did this once in a women's trial where we had something very similar and I had to go and check with Ari Gerson, Chief Tournament Director at the time, about where we could stop this happening (laughs) because... We were just wasting time, but it is hilarious when it happens. So you're sizing up the other team and you've decided, right, we're going to go and play against A and B, and you get over to the table and then A and B see who's coming and they decide, no, we're flipping over to the table. So what happens there? Do you go back to your original table? Well, rather than people playing, let's chase each other around the room, what happens is you go and talk to the director. Because whilst a lot of times you'll notice that when we play, we have north-south stay at one table and the east-west people go around the room, and Barry's an expert on this particular situation, because we don't care who we play. We also have where the computer's set up, who sits where, who is the home table and who is the away table. Whomever is the people choosing, they get to choose. The other people cannot change what they do. Once the first team are seated, they are seated forever. 
They can't shift to east-west. They can't go to the other table. They can't do anything. They've got to stay there. Where we had the online teams, where the captain of the team had to be north-south. So rather than doing a toss and having to sort out what was happening online, which is nigh impossible, we had a rule that said the captain sat north-south. We'd set out what the conditions were that way. So the conditions of contest, which are published before we play anything or announce, will tell us what happens. And if you have a problem, you go to the director and the director will sort it out. Got it. Sounds pretty good. Got that one up in my scone. I remember that. Oh, God. She's going to be bossing everybody around, Julie, and she'll be saying, (laughs) Judge Julie said. Yep, I will be. Shouting when we run it up here, Patrick and I will very carefully look at the terms and conditions of contest <laughs> so we can exclude Mariana from them. <laughs> look, I'm just like a little sheep. I'll just follow whatever happens. <laughs> <laughs> Mariana had a little lamb. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Something the fence type of sheep, won't you? <laughs> All right, okay. that's great. Thanks. I hope you're having a great week down in Wellington. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. Okay, thanks for that. Catch you next week. Okay, bye. Regrets, I've had a few. But then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do. Saw it through without exemption. With us, our fantastic man, Mr. Richard Solomon. I don't know whether it's a contentious issue. Guess what? We are celebrating about Congress. This is your celebration. But some, Barry, may think about it this way. And finally, here is the man himself. Thanks for joining us, Richard. Good morning, Mariana. Hello, Barry. Hello, Richard. I tell you what, you've certainly got people talking. Let's give them something to talk about at the bridge table other than unsuccessful plays. Well, even on social media, it's been all go. There's been comments about the venue and where it should have been or shouldn't have been. And I don't know, maybe you're the most popular man in New Zealand bridge at the moment, Richard, or perhaps well, you're not. the most unpopular. I've got all the other. <laughs> So, Richard Solomon, Crusher Collins. <laughs> nah, you're doing all right. You've done well to be able to put something together. I think everybody would have to admit that getting something together in the space of a few weeks that even resembles a Congress is pretty good. <laughs> we know that everyone is not going to be happy with the particular venue. We've had a lot of comments from players already that they're just delighted to be playing and they will cope with the venue. And you've seen the questions, people saying, why aren't you having it at the Claudelands Event Centre? The good reason and that was because it was booked out. Why can't you have it at the Waikato Stadium? All of those venues are run by the Hamilton Council. They booked out and we could not get them for the particular week. We didn't want to change the week if we could help that because of our tournament schedule. Unfortunately, those venues were not available. So why couldn't we go to Wanganui or Invercargill, Richard? Is that too hard? It would be hard at the moment. There's a huge infrastructure involved in Congress, both in terms of people who organise and run it and getting all the equipment, etc., down to wherever we might go. If you move, we felt that a number of players would have pre-booked airfares 
mm. pre-booked accommodation and that they would appreciate not having to change those. The reasons why we aimed as possible to stay within the Waikato area, while we would have preferred a venue in Hamilton City, this is not too far away from it. On that subject, Richard, Hamilton City Council who sponsor the New Zealand teams. Are they still sponsoring? We can sort that out. We think that any level of sponsorship will be quite heavily reduced because the new venue is actually in Wiper, not in Hamilton City. We're hoping we may get support from their local council. The Wiper well. District Council, the home of champions. That would be quite appropriate. What about the Hamilton City Council? You mentioned it, and I know Barry's talked off here about it. Why can't the Hamilton City Council, in terms of sponsorship, give us a couple of buses. I have to sort out whether we actually can get a couple of buses. That's a good suggestion, but we will be investigating the possibility of busing. Also, we're hoping that local bridge players will offer lifts to those who are perhaps staying in Hamilton accommodation. Party at my house. Boy, that blue falcon, it, it goes like a rocket, I can tell you, Richard. <laughs> if you run onto that on the road between Cambridge and Garapiro, no, I bet you my husband will probably take the falcon give me his ute. You can only take one person now. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the venue, parking, there's another query that I've read about amongst the many. Is there plenty of parking there, Richard, or will there they park on the grass? Parking. There was a comment made about some of the parking will be on the grass, but I'm told that, that they've had work done there in recent years, strengthening around the, um, the venue, and that parking on the grass will be fine, even if the weather's not, and there's also a lot of parking on concrete as well. Mm. Let's talk format. Format, yeah. So Format. there's a new program, well, but exciting, bit of a challenge. Yeah, we've got, yeah, we've got a new program. It's it is shorter in the, the sense that we will not have night play. We felt night play was not appropriate at that venue, so we're going to finish each day playing around about five thirty. That will give players time for a little bit of socialising at the venue, and then be able to go off and eat in Cambridge. There's a number of restaurants there. So we've got a shorter program. New Zealand Pairs, Restricted Pairs, is one session shorter. New Zealand Teams has been reduced to qualify. By qualifying, we've got eight matches of 12 boards over one and a half days, and then round of 16, etc., through to the finals. We've had to take out a couple of the events, the mixed and same-sex pairs, but we've got a new teams event. The Carapiro Teams, is it the called? The Carapiro Teams, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's yeah. the criteria for that? It's open. It's open to all. There will be an intermediate event running at the same time. It will be an, an open teams event. People enjoy playing teams, and we also think they enjoyed last year the match point Swiss pairs that we ran, and that will have a, a prominent place as well. The other change, perhaps, is at the end of the week, we will be finishing around about 3, 3.30 on Saturday. Uh, we'll have our prize giving then, so there won't actually be a dinner, but we'll have a nice little reception at the end. It'll be a, a slightly more relaxed Congress than previous years, where we've been accused of, uh, well, not have necessarily having too much bridge, but certainly uh, just slightly less this year. And also a little bit of a reduction on what the original registration fees were. Oh, look, he's got two thumbs up, Richard. <laughs> Bad, bad, bad. What am I going to do with all that money I save? I just don't know. <laughs> You're going to spend it on petrol. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, Mariana's two main requirements were, of course, parking. You've got yep. that sorted by the sounds of it. And the other yep. one was she always needs a little bit of medicine at the end of any session. 
Yeah, now, we, we will provide medicine. There's medicine there. Um, awesome. So the bar will be open, Richard. Is that what you're saying? Oh, it will be open, yes. Yep. Well, they have to open it at lunchtime as oh, well. That, well, we have said that there could be one or two players that might need a little recovery session at lunchtime. Yes. Well, it's more like my staple for, for socialising is two drinks and then you can drive home, but I much prefer it if I have one at lunchtime and then I, I know I can have one at the end of the day, but when you're yeah. pushing two drinks, you're thinking... Joe, we can do... Uh, we can accommodate you. We also Brilliant. are aiming to accommodate those who enjoyed having the barbecue. The setting is nice and we hope that the players will just enjoy the atmosphere there. Yes, the view is spectacular. It definitely is. <laughs> Did you miss his little quip there? He said he thought you might be making him lunch. I would make Barry lunch, yes. I'll do it regularly, yes. <laughs> On the barbecue. <laughs> You're going to have all his leftovers, so you'll get the carrots, and he'll get the good stuff. No, I'm told they don't produce carrots. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so you've got the bar, you've got the parking, so yeah. the lovely Nola and Gwyn, will they be on site? Nola will be there. Be a little bit down. We don't think we will need both Nola and Gwyn. And well, it wouldn't be Congress without Nola there. We are asking that, if possible, the players could pay in advance. And not just pay in advance, but we really would appreciate entering Registration, in yes. advance. Yeah, I guess it's a bit just of a guess. Give us an idea of how many will be coming. We just are not quite sure at this stage, so if players do enter, we will know that they will be coming. Yeah, it really would be good to have a bit idea of what sort of numbers you're going to get and yep. it is a little bit of a guess at this stage I guess. It goes without saying that we will have lost something like 80 Australians who would normally be coming to the Congress. We know that a lot of them are itching to be playing live bridge and cannot do so in their own country mm. and this would be a great opportunity for them. It looks like they won't be able to come either. So all those Kiwi bridge players think they're lucky stars that we've got a Congress to play at. That, yep, yes, well, even speaking with Larry Cohen, the world of bridge is all looking at New Zealand. They're all envious. <laughs> Spoke to Larry Cohen in Florida last week, Richard, and he was yep. saying they won't even be having club bridge this year. We are way ahead of that. Yeah. We should be grateful. Yeah. <laughs> the new program, well, that's going to be very well, interesting indeed. Yep. One other thing that is different this year, um, and I hope that uh, all the players will enjoy, is that everyone will play three sessions of barometer-style bridge in the New Zealand pairs or the restricted open pairs, and both will be barometer for the last three sessions, which um, is a, an enjoyable way of playing the game. As they do at the Gold Coast Two sessions of qualifying, is it? Yep. And then three-session barometer. And, yep. you know, even if you're in section H, you, you're up for some prize money if you win it. I have one more thing, accommodation. Hearing that a lot of it is booked out, Richard, is there much available over around that cambridge Carapiro area that you're aware of? Or? Well, some bridge players have got in and booked early. I'm not sure that everything is booked out. Yep. So there's a number of motels in Cambridge there's yep. and a hotel and a lot of Airbnbs around the area. I'm not sure that they are all booked out yet. It well, seems Herman unlikely. would be doing a good trade then, wouldn't he? Most of the Bridgies would go and stay at Herman's Motel. Herman has a motel in Cambridge. Oh, there you go. There's a bridge playing motelier in Cambridge. What more <laughs> could you ask for? Okay. Oh, Herman will be happy. He's not far from Congress. Yeah. <laughs> He's towed him and just popping out the road. I mean, a few people are happier. I mean, I guess with Karapira, it's it's closer to people from Rotorua. It's sort of almost driving distance from Rotorua or Tauranga for people, I guess. 
Hey, look, thank you for coming on and, and facing the firing squad, Richard. Very brave. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you've answered well, some for, of the questions. Fortunately, they missed because I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that sounds wonderful. Thank you for your update. Well, you have a great day today. And thanks for coming on, Richard. We do appreciate it. I'm sure they'll all be delighted to hear from you. Bye-bye. Bye for now. The Bridge Zone email is bridgezoneshow at gmail.com. And to close the show, peeps, we're going to head off to another segment with Bridge expert Larry Cohen. You were talking about your webinars, and I was lucky enough to stumble across it. I joined two of your webinars, so Jeff Mesroth and Bob Jones, the last ones. We also did Zia's one. They were fantastic. How did you come up with that idea? Well, thank you. I had this idea. I mean, normally I just do teaching, but I thought people would be interested in having me talk to various bridge celebrities and talk about bridge. And it was fun. Frankly, the turnout for those was much smaller than for my regular lesson. So, you know, I tried four or five of them and that'll pretty much be it because I'd rather teach. That's what I enjoy doing. And I think people, I hope they're listening to this interview. I guess if they hear me speaking, they are. But I think people in general want to learn. They want instruction and, and they perceived the celebrity interviews is just chatting and just talking. So it it didn't go as well as I had hoped. Well, it got Mariana up at half past five in the morning three times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you had to figure out which morning, right? Yeah, yeah, she missed the morning. So she had to go at half past five, two mornings in a row. She was probably pretty grumpy by the end of the second day, Larry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they are available on recording. If you're not live, you you can watch any time, which I don't know is presumably the same with what we're we're doing right now. So this would be a podcast and it would be put up on the Hamilton Bridge website and also New Zealand Bridge so it will get fed out to the clubs in the country and our listeners certainly know that you were coming on and Barry and I were in a tournament on the weekend and we did have people approach us saying oh he's coming on we're like yep be there or be square <laughs> yes, okay, so- well I'm glad people have heard of me there uh, I've actually had a, a tough time with my name here in this country because there was another Larry Cohen the exact same name uh-huh. who was involved in a big cheating scandal in the 1970s here. And I followed him. My career was a little behind his, but for my entire career, people didn't realize there was another Larry Cohen. Anyone who's listening, they have to know which Larry Cohen is which. I was referred to as the, the clean Larry Cohen, and sometimes he was referred to as the evil Larry Cohen. But make sure all your listeners know I'm the honest one. I have read about the other Larry Cohen. We'll make sure we get that right. Oh, goodness. Okay. We don't have any connection with any unsavory types, do we? <laughs> well, that's a tough subject right now with, with all this online bridge and the potential for cheating. That's probably one of the major snags, I guess, with online play, Larry, is that it's just open to all sorts of, of cheating, I suppose, more so than face-to-face. Yeah, I mean, we had enough of a disaster in face-to-face bridge in 2015 with all of those famous cases yes. with top players in the world. And now with the online, it's kind of happening again where people are either communicating with their partner or they're kibitzing their own game. And it's it's a shame, but hey, you know, not everybody plays it honestly. And, mm. uh, no, it's a shame because, I mean, because of the circumstances, you know, obviously there were some rumblings about maybe some things could be played online, but it's maybe just too hard because of that. Yeah, and I mean, there have been suggestions as to how to make it 
cheat proof, you know, like having a camera on it. But it, if there's a will, there's a way. And once you start having, you know, especially in this country, a lot of people getting paid a lot of money to be on teams or be someone's partner, there's going to be people who find ways to to cheat. And online bridge just lends itself to that, unfortunately. Mm. Yes, like you say, people are getting paid, I guess. People are getting paid to to get results, really, and they'll get them wherever they means, can. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sure, refreshing. they have their ego. They want to do well. And the good thing, though, is it's kind of easy to detect it because every bid is recorded, every play is recorded. And, you know, if it looks suspicious, I'm actually one of the investigators, and I've spent a lot of time the last few weeks looking through report of people that have been marked as suspicious. And, you know, it's kind of easy to tell. So that's the good thing that I think most of the perpetrators will get caught. They've had a few problems over here. They had quite a lot of online bridge playing, and exactly that happened. They were able to go and look at you know numerous hands and see what had happened, and I guess work out a pattern. Yeah, there's a problem that ensues from that is that everybody's so wary. You know, every time someone guesses their queen, they feel like somebody <laughs> did something wrong. And then if you're yeah. an expert player and you want to take a position, like maybe underlead an ace or or play for the single to king offside, and you happen to get it right, you feel like someone's going to accuse you. So yes. now we've opened up a can of worms here. Mm. Or maybe it's called a Pandora's box. It's just getting that online bridge. It's just really flawed for top serious bridge to be taken seriously right now. Mm. Yeah, that is true. Even when, like you say, back in 2015, when all, all those cheating scandals happened, I remember playing at our National Congress I think everybody was just so aware of any <laughs> cough or or whatever that somebody did. It was almost it was almost too much. Yeah, it's a shame that that is one of the flaws with bridge. Is it's, it lends itself to that possibility, and thankfully people are working hard to try to keep the game clean. It'll never be perfect. They're talking about going totally electronic, like you show up at a tournament and everyone's like in seclusion with a tablet. And but I don't know. That kind of takes the fun out of the game just i know some people argue for that for having a completely electronic environment where everyone's being monitored but i don't know it's a car it's a social game and they'll take the fun out of it for too many people another thing that was amusing that marty and i did is opening leads and, and here's a little bridge instruction in case anyone didn't want to just hear me tell stories here in america i don't know if this is in New Zealand. Do, do any of you guys use coded tens and nines on opening lead? Do a jack denies, ten or nine, zero or two? I've heard of jack denies and that sort of stuff. Don't think it's very common. Okay. Well, here it's something that a lot of players like to try, where if, if you're on lead and you lead a jack, that it denies. In other words, from king jack, ten, nine, you would never lead the jack. You would lead the 10 to show zero or two higher and it's a very popular method here and I often as a teacher get asked about it like Larry what do you think about that my answer to that is that it's a very good thing to do if you're playing with an expert partner and you're playing in a weak field against inexperienced players because the declarer you know they don't really figure it out and they don't really take advantage of it whereas for you and your partner on defense, it's really helpful. So the counterpart of that, though, is if you're playing that system against an expert, against a really good declarer, it's really not a good idea. It gives away too much information. Giving a good declarer like Zia 
that you lead a jack and he knows you can't possibly have a higher one. It's just not a good method, which is why most experts don't use it. So Marty wanted the best of all worlds with this. So his decision was if we were playing a match against experts, we would use our system where we play standard. And if we were playing against a team that was weaker, then we would play that system. So we used to carry two convention cards with us to a tournament. And if we drew against a weak team, we'd play one system. And against a strong team, we'd play a different one. You probably wouldn't want those other teams to know that you were <laughs> particularly... Exactly. Well, when I tell this to my students, I said, please don't give your logic for why you're doing it, that you're doing it only against weak players. Before I get misquoted... You cannot change your system from deal to deal or round to round. But if we were playing a knockout match against the team for the day, you can use a system, and then the next day you can use a different system. If you're playing a peers tournament, you can't change systems at each table. Right, right, because that would be kind of... What do you do at the beginning of each round? You have a little signal. Okay, these are bad opponents. We'll play it this way. These are good opponents. We'll play it this way. I have a question, Larry. I recall when you were doing Celebrity Mondays with uh, Jeff Mestroth, he said the subject of system cards came up and his system card had... 1,500 pages, was that correct? Oh, yeah, he and Eric Rodwell have. Yeah. What about your system card with um, Marty Bergen? How long was that? Well, it was too long. You know, Marty was always trying to add to it, and I was always trying to shorten it. <laughs> Let me tell you, Mariana, one of, one of the things that happened with about system, I have some strong feelings about it. Marty and I stopped playing together because, you know, he kept wanting to add to the system and I wanted to subtract, and that that's not a good match. You, you really want to play with somebody compatible in that regard. But anyway, um, about five years ago, Marty wanted to come out of retirement and play a tournament with me. And I said, all right, Marty, but I don't want to spend hours and hours discussing system notes for just one tournament. You've got to promise me at most 20 pages of system notes. That's all I'm willing to do. So what does Marty do? He he sends me 40 pages of system notes. He says, Larry, come on, 40 is not that much. So I get it, and I print it out, and it's 40 pages. And I say, Marty, I'm not going to read 40 pages. Uh, Life's too short. I said 20 pages. So I send it back to him. So what does he do? He takes out the margins, reduces the font, and sends me the same thing reduced to 20 pages. And like I I needed a magnifying glass, and it's the same notes. It's going to kill him. (laughs) How did the tournament go, Larry? Did you have eye strain? Uh, I just am on an extreme here. You know, I know that in New Zealand, the attitudes are a little different generally than, I mean, America's got a a reputation of ACBL being very stodgy here. The Bridge League wants to keep things very simple. They don't sometimes even allow multi-two diamonds. I'm kind of, I want bridge very simple for the masses. I don't want fancy, complicated systems to to dominate the game. I just want nice, plain old bidding and have the beauty of the card play and defense to take center stage as opposed to memorizing all sorts of systems. So I'm an extreme in, in that example. Well, I enjoy listening to the accent of Larry Cohen. What he's saying is pretty cool, straight from the heart. I hope you enjoyed it, listeners. We'll have some more with Larry Cohen next week. Thanks, everybody, for your contributions to The Bridge Zone. 
the announcement of the National Congress venues certainly created some sound waves around the Mutu. And I think there'll be more to come in the following weeks, but let's be just grateful that we have any sort of Congress at all. Yep. Sounds like it was not easy to put something together. That's right. And the rest of the world is jealous, isn't it, Barry? (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, that's it from us. You'll be hearing us talk a whole lot more next week. Bye for now. Happy Bridge. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.